Hey, thank you to Helix for sponsoring this podcast. Adam has had his Helix mattress for almost a year now, and he's loving it. It's it's actually hard to get him up. In fact, he won't stop talking about it. You'll understand what we mean when he goes into detail. Thank you for the detail, Adam, later on the episode. But for now, we want to tell our listeners about a special deal going on. Our Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and... As if that's not enough, two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet, and I'll bet it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Coming to you live from the Ray Horseman Studio in North Hollywood, California, it's Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, your comedy field guide to life. On tonight's show, one small step for man, one giant leap for a podcast. We have an actual astronaut on our show. Jim Kelly has piloted two space shuttle missions. And on tonight's Career Corner, we'll find out if Paula has the right stuff to forge a career in outer space. Plus... We'll report on testing your cat's DNA, and we'll test Paula on her own vocabulary words. And it's graduation time, even for preschoolers. Are you ready for a speech from a five-year-old valedictorian? I'm Adam Felber, mission control for this show, trying to navigate us safely to touchdown. But, Houston, we have a conversational problem. Please welcome the problem itself, the woman who always requires a course correction, Paula Poundstone! Welcome, Paula. Thanks very much. And welcome to tonight's house band, English horn virtuoso Rachel von Amberg. I think this is the first English horn that I'm that I knew that I was listening to, anyways. Really? It may have been snuck into some other things. I, I bet you've before. heard it somewhere. You think? Yeah. Yeah. Is there an English horn in Peter and the Wolf? I don't that's remember. What I remember. That's what I remember. Like uh, grade schoolers being subjected to. It's like, oh look, the fox sounds like an English horn. It was a clue in a mentalist uh, one time in an the English solving horn? of uh, no, no, but Peter and the Wolf. Oh really? Yeah, in the solving of the crime in the mentalist. Well, that's a fun fact. Thank you. Yeah, it's because yeah. we didn't have any. Um, what's that drink that has the little facts in the lid? Snapple. Yeah. We don't have any Snapples. Back then, we had to make our own fun facts. I'm filling in with a little fun fact. So it's graduation season, Adam. It is. And it's not just college and high school anymore. Isn't your kid graduating from the elementary school? He's graduating from fifth grade. I don't know if there's a graduation ceremony per se, but there's a yearbook for sure. Oh, yeah. 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 It's going to be good to look back. This makes you mad, doesn't it? I really loathe preschool and elementary school uh, graduation. My six-year-old recently, like a year or two ago, graduated from preschool. Yeah. It was not... Much of a ceremony, to be honest no. with you. Well, the, when the valedictorian speech is usually very short, there's yes. not a lot of looking back. Yeah. As I look out on all of you, yeah. I have to go to the potty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They talk a lot about the future. Right. Uh, which is, uh, there's going to be snacks. Right. That's one of the nap big- Nap time. Yeah. I, I see a future with nap time. I, you know what? I always hated taking naps when I was a kid, and yet now- What? Um, yeah. Hold on a minute. Paula, we're, we're recording our podcast. I was now. just going to doze off for a minute. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have no use whatsoever for uh, elementary school or preschool graduation. I remember when Allie was graduating, and I, I'm going to screw up the year. I don't remember, but graduating from the fifth grade, my daughter, my middle daughter, Allie, um, say it was, 
I don't know, say it was 2005, right? Right. Um, and they, I'm going to say that. Say it was the year 2005. It was the year 2005. Someone was selling balloons. First of all, they sold all this stuff right outside the school for the parents to buy for their children to honor them in this great fifth like grade graduate. And, yeah, and just and silliness. Okay. Um, so one of the things was uh, these Mylar balloons that said- um, Congratulations. G- class of 2005. But she wasn't class of 2005. She well, was, it was 2005. She was graduating elementary school. Yeah, but you're not class of 2005. You're class of whatever would be your senior year of high school. Okay. That's the class you're a that you are. And you, you, no, you hate everybody getting a trophy for completing a year of school. Well, I so there's balloons class of 2005, and I teared up a little bit. And Alice said, what are you crying about? I said, I had hoped you were going to go so much further. <laughs> I think for a lot of people, because they have all this hoopla, I think they feel like, okay, that's it. That's all we had to do. I don't think that's the right message. You see, I think they're just marking transitions, although I resent it the way you do because you have to kind of like get geared up and spend money on just about every single graduation, preschool, kindergarten, fifth grade, middle school. Well, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. it's a big money suck. In fact, this time of year, in this month, I used to refer to this time of year as $40 season. $40 season. Uh, Because every morning, one of my kids would, I need $40. I'd be like, for what? You know, for the picnic lunch, the picnic. I need $40 for the teacher gift. All right. Yeah, it was do your just kids really 40, whine like that. Yeah, all they the time? did too. That's how they sound. Especially when they early ask in the morning. I need forty dollars. Forty dollars. Yeah, I need forty dollars. So what do you need forty dollars for? Just to get me to go to school. What? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they really had me over a barrel. All right. Well, uh, speaking of scholarship, Paula, you've been trying to increase your vocabulary, right? I have been trying I to, to increase. This is exciting. My vocabulary, Adam. You know, I'll probably never be president for a variety of reasons. Probably. A wide variety of it's reasons. a lot of reasons. But if all those many reasons were somehow overcome, and I did become president, okay, I am taking a sacred vow right now in front of you and the pod dog to have a larger vocabulary than the current president of the United States. Wow. If I am ever president, my vocabulary will be huge. Wow, yeah, huge. Huge. Well, he has the best words. He doesn't have the most words. I'm going to have the best words. And the most words. And there's no one in history who will ever have had more words than me. Well, how are you going to do that? how am I going to do that, you ask? I just did. One word at a time, Adam. Okay. This week's word is stoop. Stoop. It's a noun that means a cloth wrung out of hot water and applied to a part of the body used as a compress. I did not know that word. Now, I want to tell you I something. I didn't know that word either, and I that's going to come up over. Most weeks, you bring up a word, and I kind of know that word. Oh, is that true? Almost every word. I didn't realize that. I didn't know stoop. Yeah, stoop. S-T-U-P-E. Yeah, S-T-U-P-E, stoop. Wow. Uh, yeah. I am stupefied. I'm going to use it. Does that mean I'm I'm being given a nice warm compress? No, I don't think it, it doesn't conjugate that way. Okay. Um. Uh, I'll use it. I don't it think a, conjugate conjugates that way. But I, okay. yeah, 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 it does. Um, I'm going to uh, use it in a sentence. Okay. Uh, I applied a stoop to the pod puppy's nose after a cat let her know of its displeasure with her. Wow. Yeah. That's I used nice. a stoop. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's nice. And, and you referred to the pod puppy, which is terrific. The pod puppy. And you yep. had a cat showing its displeasure. So you gendered the puppy, but not the cat. Cats asked that I not gender it. Okay. That's. <laughs> 
If that's the request, that's the request. Well, you've been adding these words over a few weeks now, Paula. Yeah, like we've been doing I have. this for a while. I've really, I, I, it's, it's really peppered my vocabulary, and I talk a lot. Yes. Um, but I don't. Oh, I would I, go with incessantly. I don't use a wide variety of words. No, it's quite repetitive. So this <laughs> has really benefited everyone. I, I, I think so. My including. I'm already feeling the benefits of it. Yeah. Um, and I think what we need to do to see is see if this is really working. So, oh, it is working. Oh, we're going to find out because it's time for the Paula Poundstone vocabulary quiz 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 Uh, there's nothing like an English horn to make you feel like you're on a game show, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, it's got that uh, that game show feel. So I'm going to reach into the Poundstone vocabulary hat and draw out three words okay. that you have defined on our show. Yeah. Your challenge, use them in a sentence. Here we go. I'm going to reach into the hat. Here's your first word. Uh-oh. Solicism. Look at the size of that hat. Now, uh, I know you know this one because we used it last week on the show. Solicism. It's yeah. a, an error in social behavior right. or a, uh, a breach of etiquette. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow, Paula Poundstone, you have expanded your vocabulary. Yeah, Can I really you use have. it in a sentence? Uh, uh, I forget it already. Uh, uh, Solicism. Solicism. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see some flaws in our plan right yeah, away. Yeah, I, uh, I, yeah. Let's see. I, uh, Solicism, because it's a noun, so, right. uh, you know, I... Uh, you so I don't know how. One, I guess. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I perpetrated a uh, solecism when I didn't know Adam's name uh, to introduce him. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right. A, that's a, this is my friend. A, it's a, it was a this is my friend. I, uh, he's What's on every show. Oh, you know him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That would be a solecism. <laughs> yeah. I like to refer to solecisms or faux pas as boners. It's a much yeah. funnier word. Well, it is a funnier word, but I'm not sure that it really works in the expanding your vocabulary. Uh, no. Yeah. It works in the something funny to say at fifth grade graduation. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm hoping your son's going to throw that in at the yeah, graduation right. ceremony. He, he might be valedictorian. Yeah, what a proud Felber. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's next... really going to be valedictorian. They really have a valedictorian no, I was just gonna... in the fifth grade. No, they don't. Oh, oh my boner. Uh... It's evident. <laughs> your next vocabulary word, digging into the hat, is... Peroration. I've totally forgotten peroration. Peroration, yes. Peroration. That means uh, it's a noun, a peroration. Uh, yeah, you got that. It's T-I-O-N uh, kind of gives that away. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, yeah. I've entirely forgotten what peroration is. Oh, damn it. Okay, damn keep it. going, keep going. Keep going? Yeah. Uh, the, the part that we're going to go through is, is peroration. I mean, like... Do I, I can't remember peroration. Then I have to tell you what it is. Yeah, tell me. It's the concluding part of a speech or oration, reiterating what has been said. Oh, yes, of course. It's the concluding part of yes, a speech what said, or oration. Concluded with, we shall um, fight them on the beaches. We shall fight them on the landing grounds. We shall never surrender. That one, that's a peroration. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah, it's a peroration. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's where you repeat, you summarize, you repeat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you sum up at the end oh, of a speech. Man, how could I have missed that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't that's know. Not like, little, that's not little, like me. All right, so you've, so far you've done pretty well. Maybe I, I well, it's fifty percent. Fifty percent. Let's be honest. We have a third. Ready? Yeah. Our final vocabulary word, and it's kind of recent, so maybe you'll get this one, is licorice. Oh, that's uh, a craving for a delicious food. That's right. That's right, Paula Poundstone. Fanfare, please. <laughs> that is. <laughs> Wow. I'm the, you if know, you were you know, skipping I'm, through a glen wearing wearing hose and, and, and knee-high boots, that would be so appropriate. You mean you think I'm not? When, uh, <laughs> I, when You know how Trump wants to have the 4th of July parade? Like, basically, he wants a parade to honor him. Yes. And so he's taken over 
Yes. Uh, like, because uh, he did such a good job with the inauguration. Uh, but, but I yeah, love the, the maybe there should just there. be one English horn. That would be funny. Yeah. And yeah. tanks. So please tanks welcome the President of the United States. Let's let's try that. Let's welcome the President of the United States. <laughs> that would make me so damn happy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a great idea, Paula yeah. Poundstone. I'm hoping that when he goes to jail and he puts his little face through the bars and he has yeah. his hands holding the bars, um, that they also play that every time uh-huh. he makes every, that move. Every, every time he makes that move with the hands on the bars. Yeah, thing. the hands on I the bars. framed, fake And his little face sticking out, like just a little part of it. Yeah, that's going to be nice. Yeah. Yeah, he's going down. Um, <laughs> so that was it? Just was three it. words? I, you know, I didn't... Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I thought we were going to quiz you on like You're not going to ask me Stultify? Stultify? What's Stultify? Uh, stultify is to make uh, uh, worthless... Or, or, or foolish. Or, or, uh, no, no. The second... Uh, the second definition is to cause to appear yeah. uh, foolish or dull-witted. You know why that one wasn't on the quiz? No. Because I think that was our word last week. Doesn't matter. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, with my memory, doesn't matter at all. Do you want some more? I've got a whole yeah, list go ahead, of them go right ahead, here. Go ahead. All right. Um, how about um, obdurate? Obdurate. Obstinate, stubborn, unyielding. Absolutely. How about peculate? Peculate is to uh, steal... Money or property that you've been entrusted with, especially the public funds or embezzle. Hey, absolutely. How about ex parte? Uh, ex parte has, well, the fifth meaning is um, the room you used to party in. Right. Uh, but the first meaning is um, of, from, or in the interest of one side only. Yes, a legal proceeding brought by one person without notifying the other person. That's, that's I'd call that close enough. I call inimical? it absolutely correct. Inimical mm. is antagonistic, unfriendly, and hostile. Yes. Don't yes. sound so fucking surprised. Peculate. Oh, you did it already. Pentateuch. Pentateuch. Uh, and this one has come up in my speech so often since I learned it. It is uh, the first five books of the Bible yes. uh, that are um, that comprise uh, the credit Old Testament. to uh, Moses sure. um, being uh, Genesis, Exodus, uh, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and Numbers. Wow. I have so often That's it amazing. comes up. And when we talked about it first on the show, you didn't believe there was a book called Numbers. So you've, oh. uh, you've read up on it. Oh, yeah. See. There's a book called Numbers. Yeah, you got your Pentateuch yeah. going there. Yeah. Last you know one. what I did is I, I got five more cats and I named them. That's how I- Genesis, I've, Leviticus, That's how Exodus, I've been. Yeah. I named one cat Obdurate. And I, is in there this a way, cat named Deuteronomy and Cats? Uh, if there isn't, oh, there in should the, be. In the show Cats? Yeah. I've never but, uh, seen the show Cats. Captain Crinkle just said there is. You yeah. saw the show Cats, Captain Crinkle? Yeah, I can't believe you've Bonnie Burns, our producer. I can't believe Captain you Crinkle. have not been thrown out of every theater you've ever been in. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Remember finally, some some theaters they go, if you have a hard candy, open the wrapper now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with a picture of Bonnie's face. <laughs> yeah, with a big international no sign right, on it. Finally, inchoate. Inchoate is uh, disorderly and chaotic. And oddly, it's spelled I N C H A O T E. I always O-A-T-E, thought it was. Oh, oh, is it O A T E? Yeah, but you're still, right. I always thought it was in show. Unbelievable job, Paula. You got all but one. All but one. I just, and what was the one I didn't get? I don't remember. Peroration. 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 Yes. Which is to, uh, you know, repeat the uh, uh, what you've said. 
earlier yes. in your speech. Yes, well done. Yeah, yes. yeah. It's you know who did that? You know who did that? Who did that? Was the British Prime Minister years ago. Margaret Thatcher. No. Uh, Neville Winston, Chamberlain. Winston Churchill. Really? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He used yeah. to repeat. He'd say, you know, we're going to fight now and On the t- beaches. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, I remember that speech. We're going to fight in Thank the movie theaters. We're going to fight near me, in front of me, beside me. Fantastic. Well, Paul, I have a grasp of history. that quiz. You really did. Yeah. Hey, Paula. You know, every once in a while, we get a new advertiser that I get super excited about. And I have to say, just because of the circumstances of my life right now, I'm really excited about our new advertiser, Quince of Quince.com, the clothing provider. Not to be mistaken for Quince from Midsummer Night's Dream. And let me just say this, and maybe it's not important to an advertisement, but when I was in the fourth grade, our class put on a production of A Midsummer Night's Dream. Okay. And I played I played Peter Quince. There. There's the connection. One of the mechanicals. That's a great connection. Also, yes, has nothing to do with this, which is that um, Quince is an online clothing store. And as you know, Paula, I've, uh, I've lost a little weight lately. Oh, right. 75 pounds. Yeah. So I literally have no clothes that are in my size until I just ordered some stuff at Quince. And I figured like, here's a chance for me to create a new look for myself. A whole new image. And how's it going? Not bad. I mean, the clothes are fantastic. I know that you ordered some too. What I got is I got the Comfort Stretch Traveler five pocket pants. And I got the, um, oh, it's so, and I got the 100% European linen shirt and it looks breezy and it fits beautifully. These are like premium pieces of clothing that are selling for like, you know, $30 a piece or starting at $30 at quince.com. It's awesome. I look good. I ordered the brushed lounge jogger Ooh. and you know i put them on when i came back from new york i pulled them on and i i swear to you okay this is not scientific because i was tired already right but they were so soft <laughs> and, and so comfortable that honestly like right as i got them up to my waist i i I think my eyes closed. They're so, co- it's a softness. It's a kind of softness that I don't think I've ever experienced in a garment, honestly. You know, my uh, drawstring European linen trousers are a little bit like that too. Like so comfortable that I just want to hang out with myself. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're European. Keep that in mind. Uh, oh, European. they are so European. And you can get those kind of, you can get washable silk tops. You can get uh, 14 karat gold jewelry and like all these accessories. Quince sells a lineup of timeless pieces that keep their customers looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm not certain that I look chic, but certainly if I did, it's not going to take a lot of effort. I now look chic and I feel pretty great. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabric. It's all good as far as I can see. Is it my imagination or do they cut out the middleman? They cut out the middleman, Paula Poundstone. I love it when they cut out the middleman. That's the thing. They cut out the middleman. <laughs> That's fantastic. So be like me and Paula. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash nobody for free shipping on your order and a 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash nobody to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Nobody. And honestly, I look fantastic. Paula, you won't be able to keep your hands off me. Oh, I can't wait. And don't (laughs) think that if you had to return something, don't think you're sending it to a middleman because they cut out the middleman. They cut out the middleman. That's quince.com slash nobody. And if you're going to do it anyway. Use our code. 
Hey, Paula, it's been almost a year now since I got my Helix mattress. And as you remember, there was some drama surrounding Helix mattresses. Because oh, when oh Helix gosh. first sponsored us, Bonnie took the mattress and yeah. she's been loving it. But finally, I got my chance to get a Helix mattress and I sleep so well. I mean, the family bed is where we all gather. We watch movies in, in our room occasionally and everybody just piles on it and it it's comfy. And yet when one person hops on, the other half of the mattress doesn't fly up. I'm a fan. Well, you know, Adam, everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. Models with memory foam layers to provide optimal pressure relief if you sleep on your side. Models with a more responsive foam to cradle your body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions plus enhanced cooling features to keep you from overheating at night. And if your spine needs some extra TLC, they got you. Every Helix mattress has a hybrid design combining individually wrapped steel coils in the base with premium foam layers on top. It is the perfect combination of comfort and support. I agree with that last bit. I don't get all the technical stuff about the mattress, but it is soft and supportive. Helix offers 20 unique mattresses, the award-winning Lux, which I got, and ultra-premium Elite Collections, the Helix Plus, a mattress designed for big and tall sleepers, and the Helix Kids mattress designed for growing bodies and endorsed by child sleep experts, and my daughter now wants one. So, how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You go to their website, take the Helix Sleep Quiz, and you find your perfect mattress batch in under two minutes. You know, when you said you can't follow all the technical stuff, it's really not that technical. You know, uh, no matter what way you sleep, they have a mattress that will support and comfort you. How hard is that? Uh, you know, when you say it that way, it seems a lot simpler. I take it back. That's my boner. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. And Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Well, I like that there's a warranty, but they can pry that mattress from my cold, dead hands. I took the sleep quiz. I was matched with the Helix Midnight Lux. I got the Lux. And I love it. It is such an upgrade from my old mattress. You know, I think Bonnie got the Midnight Lux. She did. Too. Yeah. You're not here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to take Adam's word for it? Well, you got Bonnie's word. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It's even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Your Sleepy Time Pal Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. That's a lot, and it's already not that expensive a mattress. Go to helixsleep.com slash Paula. That's helixsleep.com slash Paula. This is their best offer yet. It's fantastic. It won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Well, not right now. And if you're going to get it anyway, use our code. <laughs> nice Trump's face through the bars Absolutely. Every time he does it Well, coming up, we're blasting off into outer space With astronaut Jim Kelly We haven't even discussed this We have a bona fide astronaut on our show tonight A real live astronaut A real live astronaut Yeah Who's sitting like, not, not a couple feet behind you He's just you. a few Well, that's where he was when we last 
saw him. Right. He's, well, he's behind me, so I can't tell. No, he's there. He floats. He he's, floats around. He, he doesn't. That's he a does. zero-G thing. He, yeah, yeah, he floats. He, no, no, no. Yeah, not it turns him. out it has nothing to do with space. He just always oh, they just floated. hire floaty people to yeah, be astronauts? exactly. Huh. Didn't know that. Anyway, he's here. He'll tell us whether Paula could fly high as an astronaut. Career Corner is next when we return on Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. Oh, that's nice. And we're back. It feels like we never left. It does feel like we never left. Welcome back to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, Paula Poundstone. Well, thank you so much. So um, let me ask you. Can I ask you a personal question? Certainly. How's it going out on the road? I love my job. I know you do. Best job ever. It is the greatest job in the world. I consider myself a proud member of the endorphin production industry. The only part. That I loathe. The part you don't like. The part that I that I very much dislike. See, what that's part a is peroration. that? Yes. Uh, I hate self-promotion. I hate having to say, I'm yeah. going to be at the blah, 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 and the blah, blah, blah. I hate having to tweet out, like, you know, oh, come see me at the blah, 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 and the blah, blah. I hate that. So it makes you wonder whether maybe you should be doing something else. Every now and then, I think to myself, I could do another job. Yeah. Where I didn't have to do that. Right. Maybe... Maybe I could be an astronaut. An astronaut? Yeah, I've thought that. Well, Paula, to answer that question, welcome to Career Corner. Yes, it's time for Career Corner, where we learn about the wide world of jobs. Would you like to be a fireman? How about a train engineer? Maybe you'd like to make it as a spot welder. What can you do with your life? Career Corner has the answer. This week, let's explore a career as an astronaut. (laughs) And here to help Paula discover if she could cut it in the stressful high-stakes world of flying into outer space and piloting the space shuttle is NASA astronaut and retired Air Force Colonel Jim Kelly. Let's have a big career corner welcome for Jim. Thank you. And a little thus spake Zarathustra. (laughs) Easy for you to say. Also scratch Zarathustra, I believe. Uh, Thank you very much. Jim, welcome. Thank you very much. Good to be here. It is so exciting to have you. I've known Jim for a little while, but I actually have very rarely asked astronaut questions. Why is that? Because uh, I, I don't know. I just didn't want to. It just is felt- that the, is that kind of thing where like because you're usually probably the only astronaut at the party that you get a little tired of those questions. Yeah, it's not tiring. Tiring really. I like to do. It. I like to talk to people about. It. I'm very excited about my job. It's something I love to do. So I don't mind talking about it. So Paula could have been asking you questions all this time, this whole time. Shit, wow, you blew I that was, one. Yeah, Palestine. and I, I was asking him about Peter and the Wolf. Really? I've been right. Asking him a lot of Peter and the Wolf. I would about the Mentalist. What about yeah, Peter and the Wolf? I've been, been trying to come up with something to. Don't talk about space. Don't talk about space. Don't talk about space. Yeah. Well, yeah. you could have been. All right. Well, here's my first question. Then, what does takeoff feel like? Uh, it feels like a thrill ride. It's absolutely fabulous. You get on the the thing and it. I flew the shuttle twice up to the International Space Station. Right. And uh, both times on the shuttle, you know, you're sitting on your back and you're looking out the upper window. Uh-huh. And uh, when the rockets first uh, fire off, the rocket engines fire off, there's what we call the twang. So you twang about six to 10 feet and you go towards your feet and then roll back to where you started. Then the big solid rocket What do you mean? Your whole body off. folds forward? The whole mean? ship does. Oh. Because the whole ship is actually held down by just eight bolts. That's all that holds you to the launch pad. And when the rocket engines fire off, the, the liquid engines that are built right here in California, uh, when they fire off, they actually move you 
about six to 10 feet. And then you come back before the big rockets that are attached to the launch pad go. Cut in. And then it's a bottle, bottle rocket. It just wow. launches into space. And, and does your face do that thing that you see pictures of? It where does. Always, yeah, just oh, yeah, 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 oh, wow. <laughs> Like in Toy right. Story? It's smushed back. Yeah. Like in Toy yeah. Story. Yeah. yeah. When he's, yeah. To infinity and beyond. Yeah. yeah. Just go. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> so what, what are the main requirements? Because we, we are trying to find out if Paula can do your job. What are the main requirements to be an astronaut? Well, there's uh, several of them, actually. Um, first of all, you don't have to be a graduate of, like, preschool. I, I didn't graduate right. preschool. You didn't graduate preschool. I got right. kicked out. The nun told my parents I was going to be a criminal. Okay. So it didn't Is work out true? too well. Absolutely. A true oh. story. Yeah. So you don't have to graduate preschool, uh, but you do have to graduate with a degree in science or technology or some kind of field like that, one of the basic science or engineering, medical school. Okay. Uh, one I of those see a couple of roadblocks yeah. right yeah. here. Yeah. A few yeah, roadblocks there. Yeah. And, yeah. and then you have to have some experience. I'm a pilot, so uh -huh. my experience was flying in the Air Force, and you had to have a 1,000 hours of what we called fast jet time. And right. um, Paul, how many hours of fast jet time do you have? Um, uh, I don't at this time have how any many? Estimate. Fast. Just estimate. Uh, uh, to take a while, I guess I'd say zero. Zero. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so, Jim, that's going to be a problem. I, okay, how about this? I have um, sometimes put my seat forward in a commercial flight. I've pushed the button and put my seat forward. Jim, does that count? A little bit, but you need a yeah. lot of hours of doing that. I think. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I've had a lot of hours of doing that. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. So, so okay. So those are your, those are your, the science degree or engineering degree. Yeah. Oh, Most man. people have master's degree or PhDs. Do you have, do you have a, like an honorary doctorate? That might work. Um, no, I have an honorary high school diploma. Uh, that helps. <laughs> yeah, that helps. You're I on do. your way. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so she's got a. There's a lot of stuff she'd have to okay, do. Okay, so that's right. Now, is there an age uh, thing involved here? I don't want to bring up the delicate subject of age, but like. No, there's no age limit. There's no age limit. So no. Paula could fantastic. Yeah. So Paula could. John Glenn flew at seventy seven. Yeah, right, he but did. he'd already had, he'd already flown, right? He'd already flown once. He right? already had some yeah. training, I think. He did a little bit of training, yeah. 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 Uh, are there physical requirements? There absolutely are. Yeah, you have to be a certain height between two different heights, and, and what are the heights? Uh, you know, I don't remember at this point. It's like uh, it's like five a, foot. Oh. She's in there. She's yeah, in the range. Yeah. Paul's in the range. In the range. Sure. Yeah, well, it's like five foot to six foot four. Okay. And uh, there's a lot of physical qualifications. You have to have a good. Your heart has to work well. You have to have good eyesight, at least corrected. Uh oh. Uh, there's a lot of things you have to conditions you can't have. Like what? So, um, you know, you don't have to do the whole list, but. It's a lot of conditions. Yeah, heart conditions yeah. or diabetes, things like that. I don't have, like I don't have that. those. I don't How about have a persistent allergic cough? Yeah, no, I think that's all right. Okay. All right, yeah, <laughs> plus there's probably not a lot of pollen in space. Not a whole lot. Yeah, yeah let's, get, lot. let's get to space. Let's talk about space. Everyone wants Absolutely. to hear about space. Uh, how do you, where do you sleep up there? Anywhere you want. Matter Anywhere fact, you want. I've got four kids. So on my first space flight, I actually went up and I wanted to sleep everywhere. So I slept on the ceiling, slept on the floor, slept on the wall. You just tether yourself. You, you just, just yourself tether on? yourself. And if you don't tether yourself, then you just float around on the on the air conditioning vents. Will just blow you all over the ship. Well, that didn't wow. knock into things, right? A little bit. You try not to do that. So no, okay. normally tether yourself off. Is it yeah. comfortable? It is. It's incredibly comfortable. Yeah. So because you're not you're not oriented in any particular direction. You're just. No, you're not. As a matter of fact, uh, it's it's so comfortable. It's like when I got back down to Earth on my first uh, after my first flight. You guys have seen the movie Ghostbusters, right? Of course. Yeah. There were a couple times where I woke up in the middle of the night and I felt like I was uh, Sigourney Weaver, you know, three feet oh, above where the bed. Oh, where yeah. you just feel like you're just floating, and that's what it's like. It's just it's insane. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think I would like that. Is there yeah. anything that simulates it down here? Not really the sleep part down here. We you have can't the, sleep on that vomit comet thing. You can't. Well, you can. Some people. Some people probably do, but you only get like ninety seconds of zero g in there, and then you get like one point eight g. What so is you're that? Going back. So, so it's called the vomit comet. It's a. It's an airplane that we've outfitted in the inside. It's all padded, um, and basically you do parabolas with it, and you go up. And when you get to the top, you push over until you're zero g, 
and then you can float inside the airplane for about 90 seconds till it's facing 45 degrees nose down. Mm-hmm. Then you have to do about 1.8 to 2 Gs of pull out. You can do that time after time after time. So, so you get 90 second intervals 90 of, second of zero intervals. G to train yeah. you for- You can do as many as like 60 parabolas. So imagine doing wow. zero G, two G, zero G, two G. And there's a lot of hurling going on. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> But huh. Paula would have to do that probably, right? In her she training. probably would. Yeah, that's yeah. part of, part of what we all do in our training. Yeah. 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 So you go into this thing and throw up? Uh, many people do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not the point of the exercise. Yeah. But, it sounded but like it happened. was because you yeah. called it the vomit. <laughs> well, I, I think it picked up that nickname yeah. along the way when I it was see. noted. Not, I mean, wasn't, and, and let me ask you about Because how many that. people would that attract? Yeah. The vomit comet. Yeah, like, yeah, it's not painted yeah. on the side of the plane. Like sometimes no. at Disney, I feel a little nauseated by a ride, but uh, but I wouldn't go on it at all if it was called the vomit comet. It's not officially called the vomit comet. But let me ask you about because that is kind of interesting. What happens when somebody vomits in zero G? Uh, we have special bags that help take care of that. That you vomit into a bag that's got like it's got these little finger holes in it, so you can help clear everything out and do it right. away. Oh right! There's actually more people than not actually get sick the first time they fly, especially going up because everything's different. You know, your your vestibular system's all different. Your right. What's your vestibular system? It's your you have inner one. ear. Oh, you do. Um, your, inner your balance ear. system. You yeah. know, you float out of the chair, and then like you can be right side up, upside down. You can go any direction, wow. and your brain's not necessarily ready to handle that at first right. because yeah. you know, and you're looking at somebody that you're talking to, and they're 90 degrees off from you. And that's really weird. Oh, and so wow. for a lot of people, there's a lot of mental and ver- neurovestibular stuff that goes on, your tummy, yeah. you know, things like that. So, Do you adjust to it in time? I mean, you spend, you do. A, you spend a fair amount of time yeah. in space. Like, what's the longest you spent in that shuttle? Is a- About two weeks. Two weeks? Yeah. Wow. In the yeah. shuttle? Yeah. yeah. Well, I spent a lot of time, actually, on board the International Space Station. So oh, okay. I went right. up and docked with the International Space Station on both flights, and so I was there for about 10 days. So, so you get really used forth. to it over time. You do, yeah, actually. There's very few people that have had sickness the entire time they've been up there. There have been one or two. But most everybody uh, acclimates within the first day or two. That's uh-huh. fantastic. I'll bet everyone hopes. That... You think you'd acclimate? Oh, would I acclimate? Would you acclimate? You betcha. I'm acclimated now. <laughs> but you're acclimated to this. I have not felt like throwing up once. Right. You're doing great. Thank you very yeah. much. First and yet, step. And yet you're at 90 degrees to me right now. I'm not. I am slowly spinning. No, you're not. We're just looking oh, at each well other. Oh, and then there's something horribly yeah, it, wrong it, it, with me. It's with your, uh, what's, the, what's the system she's got there? Neurovestibular system. Uh, your vestibular system's all messed My up. My neurovestibular? Your vestibular. Neurovestibular. Neurovestibular yeah. system. Yeah. 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 If yeah. you think you're rotating right now, because you're not. Yeah. I have a, I do have a little balance issue sometime, but that wouldn't matter yeah. at all in space, right? Not real, not a whole lot, no. Yeah. Oh, you actually man. go very visual in space, but I think you ought to add that to our vocabulary list, neurovestibular. 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 You, you can quiz on it later. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Neuro, I'm writing it down, neurovestibular. We're both writing it down, neurovestibular. <laughs> Neuro. I bet it Why has it never come up before, and why has no one ever mentioned that to me before? And we've had a lot of guests on this show, and um, no one well, has you mentioned- you know, because it's not- like for instance, when we had that real estate agent talking to us about, yeah, about we had your a real estate agent. We had a we had a guy yeah. who did body piercings. Yeah. Neither one of them mentioned neurovestibular. I don't believe either of those would really be very involved with your neurovestibular of system. Of course, yeah. When you're showing a house, you might say to like a young couple looking mm-hmm. forward to um, buying a house and having children, you might say to them, you know, this room is excellent for your child's neurovestibular system. Well, why would any room be excellent for the neurovestibular system? You say whatever you can to sell a house. That's absolutely right. Well, you've learned a lot on this podcast. Now I'm gonna t- I'm gonna go on. A Lim and bring this back around to our guest. Um, Jim, you were a pilot. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, how much flying do you do when you're piloting a space vehicle? Or is it mo- mostly automated? 
most of it's automated, but you're there to back up the systems. And then there's some parts that we fly manually. So the two big parts that we fly manually are when you're rendezvousing with the space station, you're actually or rendezvousing and actually undocking and, and parking, leaving it, yeah. parking. When you're parking it, when you're parallel parking the shuttle, you have to fly it by hand. And then when we come back That's into- That's got to be fun. Oh, it's fabulous. It, it's so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. And do, terrifying. Do yeah. they have a, a steering wheel though? Like, you know how, for example, the Indiana Jones ride at Disney, right. um, if you sit in the front seat, there is a steering wheel. Is but, there really? Yeah, but- and I love sitting in the front seat with a steering wheel, but you're not, it's actually on a track. God damn um, it, you're not actually uh, steering it. Do they have one of those? <laughs> no, it's like, actually got a hand, two hand controller. Oh, so it's got that hand you can use there. Yeah. Yeah, but it's much like a ride. If the person that's trying to drive can't drive very well, you just disconnect the system. Yeah. And they feel like they're driving. Right. It's much just like right. Indiana right. Jones. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cut them out of the system. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Now, now, it's got to be incredibly um, exciting to do something like that, like to Absolutely. dock space. So, what makes you say so? Because I <laughs> that would love is to really do a it. leap. Yeah, it is a leap. Yeah. So my question is, he said that to the body piercer. Yeah, well, that that would give me <laughs> a rush of adrenaline too. Incredibly. If somebody brought a piercing exciting. instrument to my genitals, I would feel an adrenaline rush. Right. Not exactly. a good one. But but, you, but we were talking to the piercer. Right. Yeah. 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 So that would be... We don't know if he had a yeah, rush when yeah, he does that. I think that. he would. That's got to be so? exciting. Well, let's bring it back from the genital piercing. So is to- it hard when you get home? <laughs> this is the question I wanted to ask. Oh, I yeah, see. Is it hard when you get home? Do you become like an adrenaline junkie where when you get home, everything just feels like, yeah. Yeah, some people do, and and it's it's like that. Like before you go fly, like when you're the next crew up, you get like the mm-hmm. red carpet treatment. You walk out to your jet, and they hand you your helmet, and oh, you get wow. the food they kind of want, and you get all the training, and everybody gets out of your way because you're the next one to fly, right? Do yeah. they blare soundtrack music? Or they blare yeah, going in your head. You got your own soundtrack. You just walk in. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but yeah, see, everything's going your way, and they're really taking care of you before you go fly, making sure you don't get sick, you're eating healthy, you got everything you need. When you come back down, and after the flight, then all that goes away, and now you're at the end of the list again and and a lot of people it's been likened to postpartum depression for some people oh my god like the big event happened and then you get this de- mental depression and you're back of the bus and and you get oh, nothing yeah. handed to you you and, sit around smoking yeah. cigarettes and listen yeah. to is that all there yeah, is? is that all there is yeah, yeah. play yeah. the most depressing song you can think of and yeah. <laughs> yeah. you get obdurate you know it's just yeah. bad Ob- yeah. oh man oh, you're nice. just busting out. see <laughs> yeah see, we're, te- we're teaching astronauts on this show um <laughs> okay so of all the people who start the training how many finish because we're going to get Paula into the training program, let's say. Naturally. After we get her degree and her hours, um, yeah. we get her in, and, and uh, we train her physically. This is going to take at least three weeks. And then yeah, how likely is she to make it through? How many people wash well, out? Well, here's the the good part is that we select, when we select astronauts, we just did a selection a couple of years ago that I was on the board. When we select astronauts, we select for everybody to make it. So we're mm-hmm. not figuring like, oh. 50% will make it, so pick 20 if you need oh, 10. Oh, so it's not like you're a drill sergeant yelling, maggots only yeah, two maggots, are going to make Yeah, exactly. Uh, Whoever uh, runs uh, the slowest is out. Yeah, yeah no, that, we don't do that. That's happens. Oh, so you... Yeah, we try to get everybody through, and, and usually the only people that don't make it through are folks that, that decide it's not for them, which is, a, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, going to fly in space is a dangerous thing, and there's yeah. a bunch of stuff to do with it, or people that unfortunately get medicaled out. You know, they uh, they start and they're medically qualified, and yeah. then after they go through training or yeah. a little bit then after training... Neuro- their neurosystem system goes out. It goes in coit, and they're gone. What are you going to do? You know, I have had some science training, by the way. Have you? Yeah. I don't know if this will, if, you know, if I can get credit for this and then not have to take uh, yeah, this as might, much this might, training. Uh, this might make you be able to do an end run around that required degree. Let's exactly. see what it is, Paula. In the third grade in Miss Coonley's class. Oh, God. Um, one day, she turned out the lights, which right there, it's big science in elementary school. And one kid held a wiffle ball 
Okay. And the other kid held another kid held a flashlight. I know where this is going. And it was to show how the moon's light is reflected from the sun. It doesn't originate from the moon. And uh, to this day, when I look up at the moon, I can see that kid's fingers holding the edge of the moon. <laughs> I'm going to say you're going to need a little more science. I don't see why. Jim? Because right away, and it's space, it's astronomy, too. Yeah, that's right on the step. You're almost there, Paul. Yeah. yeah. I feel, yeah. But what, what science did you have? What were you, what's your science background? Actually, uh, my background is in uh, aeronautical and astronautical engineering. Oh, so, yeah, that yeah. might be a little That's stronger. not that. Yeah. Yeah, that I, might be I, a little I found stronger. out what the motivation of the guy holding the moon was, that, so it's just a yeah. little bit deeper. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. I can see where I may. Yeah, you might you you might need to bone up on a couple of scientific uh, Yeah, I may need some tutoring. Here. Yeah. Um so what's the career span of an actual astronaut? Are there a limited number of missions you can do? At some point do they say, "Hey, you know, it's time to, you know, at times they do actually usually it turns out that most people decide on their own either they're medical doubt or they decide on their own that they're done flying they've flown enough and right um and, and their career can go anywhere from you know five to ten years all the way up i've been there for 23 years now you've been wow. at nasa for i've been at nasa for 23 years so it are can you actually go, go up again time. or is that not really? uh, possible yeah really possible, yeah, possible. Oh, now, now you're teaching now i'm guessing right I'm, well i'm in do charge of a, aid I could be uh, an yeah, aide. I could be an aide, exactly. Well, do I yeah. have to have, a, yeah. like, what if I carried your helmet? What well, about there you that? Go. You don't yeah. get to go in space carrying somebody's helmet. I'd like to carry someone's helmet. Yeah, but People that doesn't get you on the ship. Do you need a little joke teller on the ship? Yeah, we do, actually. <laughs> do uh, actually, humor is a big deal. Is it? Humor in space is a big deal, yeah, because you, you think about it, you're up there, and like for my missions for two weeks, it's all choreographed, and you've practiced everything, and like the whole world's watching. Right. If everything goes fine, it's great, but if you drop something, you know, which happens, it happened on uh -huh. my flight where people drop something outside, then all of a sudden the eyes of the whole world on you are TV. What'd you oh, drop? Wow. You I mean, what, did your, what did your partner uh, drop? What pieces happened? of EVA equipment? Like uh, on my flight, one one of our EVAs, a piece of equipment was dropped, and there it goes floating away, and we couldn't couldn't go chase. We had two. One we were able to catch, the other one we weren't. And it goes floating away, and of course it's national news. So yeah. having humor on board is absolutely, absolutely huh. necessary. Ah. Yeah. Ah. So there, there's your door. there's your back door to get in. Yeah. Now, how yeah. do you guys get up there nowadays? This, the shuttle program is is no more. Yeah, the shuttle last flew in 2011. Was the last flight of the shuttle, and since then we've been hitching rides with the with the Russians. Right. And oh, really? so their Soyuz aircraft has been going up. It's been flying for 50 years. Right. And so we've been hitching rides with them for the last uh, eight years, going back and forth. So we trade off spots with them. So we actually buy seats from them. So. Um, and then we'll launch with them. And now we're working on uh, we're working on three rockets right now, but two that are near term are um, going to be taking us back and forth to low Earth orbit to the International Space Station. And hopefully we'll fly the first crewed missions of those either at the end of this year or early next year. Really? What is it? Is that involved with SpaceX or is that just NASA? Yeah, one of them is SpaceX. Well, they're they're both NASA because NASA's right. NASA's paying for contracting. Them. Yeah. NASA's contract with them, but one is SpaceX, the other one's Boeing led, and both of them have different vehicles well, that are going to take us up to orbit. So. Here soon, within the next year, we should be launching American astronauts from American soil again, which would uh -huh. be great. So when you've been going on the Russian vehicles, um, are you allowed only two uh, pieces of carry-on luggage, one personal, a small personal item? Absolutely, yeah. And yeah. then it has to fit under the seat in front of you. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Are you yeah, actually Boeing get, ones, yeah. Are you actually, able the Soyuz to get is upgrades? really tight. It, it's like, you know, you're put in there and it, it's you're put in like a little fetal ball. And oh, How it, long do you have to stay like that? Hours. Hours, oh sometimes as much God. as four to six hours. So Wait, it's very, very oh, difficult. That would kill my because knees. there's just not much room in their in their capsule. The ones we're building are actually much bigger than that, so they're going to be bigger, bigger capsules. So so you it's can, such so a like Russian a, thing, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's just yeah. so they squat. Uh, that's right. They'll squat for a few hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. did it. 
Yeah. They can do it. And then they uh, do. Do you ever find? uh, Now I know that there's good relationships between the astronauts, the Russian astronauts, and the U.S. astronauts. But have you ever noticed that you'll be texting and they'll be kind of looking over your shoulder? (laughs) (laughs) No. No, not really. Actually, so, Fred, tell yeah. me about your voting system in America. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There are questions like that yeah. sometimes. Yeah, um, great. Would yeah, you, no, it, it's do very... Do you feel like telling any passwords yeah. right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's actually very collegial up on orbit. It's, it's, we get together very well because we just forget about all the politics and all the, those kind of things. It's often yeah. said about astronauts, we all change when we're on orbit because you get to see the Earth and how fragile it is. Right. And the thin blue line of the atmosphere and, you know, there's no lines between countries. Right. And yeah. you really feel that when you're up there and, and the Russians being our... our our close partners. We also fly with the other internationals too. There's there's 16 nations involved in the International Space Station, so we fly with a bunch of them. Does and most everybody speak English. Is yeah, it, is English the lingua franca of space. It's lingua franca, but there's two required languages: English and Russian. You have to know both. Oh, you know really? Russian. I know a little bit of Russian. Uh-huh. I was not actually a, a space station crew member. I was a shuttle crew member. So as a shuttle crew member, we didn't have to know it. Uh-huh. And so I'm not fluent. Yeah. But as a, as a station crew member, you have to. Fantastic. Well, when you were on the Trump Tower meeting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, ma'am. Were you able to understand? Uh, when you went to that NRA meeting with that woman who says now she wasn't a spy, were you able to understand everything Absolutely, she said? Absolutely, completely able to understand it. Yeah. yeah. Butina, not explain right? it yeah. at all. Yeah, <laughs> I think her name is Butina, or is that the pasta brand? I don't know. Um, so you're wearing a shirt that says Mars 2020, and that was actually one of our questions. Well, how do you feel about this going to Mars thing? Should that happen? Will that happen? Is no, that happening? No, it's a candidate that's yeah. running for 2020. Yeah, it's another Mars, Democratic yeah. candidate. Oh, it's actually a yeah. Mars bar. Oh, yeah. Mar- yeah. It's uh, okay. the mayor of a, boner. <laughs> of a small town in Massachusetts, uh, Mr. Mars, who's running yeah. in 2020. David That's Mars. Right. Yeah, David Mars, exactly. For president. Um, he's, uh, yeah. And he happens to look like a lander on a red exactly. planet. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, are we going to Mars in 2020? Uh, with another lander, yes. Yeah, another, another lander. Another we are, lander, we're much like your We're drilling down, right? We are. We're, we're drilling down. We're, we're sending a lot of missions up there to get ready for the human missions that go. Now those are there's coming. There's a lot of stuff you have to learn. Absolutely, you see that's coming on. I do. And you in favor? Uh, absolutely. Oh yeah. wow, we have to go. Uh, we're uh, single planet species do not survive. Do yeah. we know that double yeah. planet species do? No, but it's better than two is better than one, right? That's, yeah. 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 I, mean, I can't really tell you how many times dinosaurs had this exact same they chat. Did. Yeah, they and were, they decided not to go and look yeah, what happened. Like, yeah. like in the far side, they were yeah. smoking their their cigarettes and yeah. you know yeah. talking about what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. 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 Just one dinosaur just slow eating a leaf. I don't think we yeah. need to do anything. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look what happened to them. Yeah. 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 All right, we got to go. Are we? Gonna, are you in favor of terraforming the planet Mars? What does terraforming mean? Uh, terraforming is when you change a planet to be more like your own so you have more oxygen and things like that that come out i think that would take I, a long time it would take a long time that and right means now it's putting like, down linoleum exactly you have yeah. to have linoleum well, yeah oxygen yeah, before linoleum but yeah. Yeah, no i'm not point. not not in the united states of america we care much more about linoleum yeah <laughs> are, are we gonna have coal <laughs> Cole Howard. Yeah. We're gonna. Trump has uh, promised uh, the people of West Virginia that when we go to Mars, they'll be mining. Um, that we're gonna use coal, and uh, we're coal. gonna yeah, clean coal. Well, if they had dinosaurs up there, that'd be something we'd learn about it. So, yeah. Now, yeah. now that does. Paula brings up an interesting point. Thank you, Trump. <laughs> you're welcome. Trump promised us a space force. Yes. It seems yeah. like some sort of paramilitary space force. How's that? It's actually on? a military space force. A military yes, space force. Well, they, they've talked about splitting it off so far from the Air Force, and they've made the first uh, moves in that direction. Well, what but, comprises a space force? Do you have space guns? Space uh, guns. Yeah, space <laughs> ra- lasers and lightsabers and things like they that. They must make that PQ yeah, no, sound, right? Right now, the Air Force and, and some of the other services, the Navy and the Army, that we all have things that we do in space. So that we've got you know the satellites that are up there. We do like a NORAD, tracks all the little things that fly around in space, and we actually sure. track mm-hmm. those so they don't hit the space 
space station, mm-hmm. things like that. So what they're and talking about with the space force is there's a there ton is a of lot stuff. of stuff. And how do you make sure it doesn't hit the space station? Is there like do the Americans and the Russians take turns standing outside the um, space station with a tennis racket? Yeah, baseball they, bat for yeah. us as Americans, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and they just um, whack it. Doing, doing. Actually, we track all that stuff, and then we let the station know if it's coming. And we actually have to move the station three or four times a year. Wow. Or something big is coming at us. We know it's coming at us, so we'll just reboost the station mm-hmm. uh, to a different altitude and then let it fly but by But if we us. had a good space force, we could blast that thing to That's right. Could blast it could blast it right out of there. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's not good to blow things up in space. India just did that, and they... Um, they prove that they have an anti-satellite capability, so they can they can blow up a satellite in space. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, when you do that, now there's 400 pieces that used to be one. Right. And we have to track all 400 of those, and they make for a lot worse. Because they stay right up there in orbit. Stay, yeah. Well, they decay, and slowly over time, they right. come back down to Earth, and they go through the track of every satellite and the International Space Station, things like that. So oh, pieces wow. in space are not good. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, well, the other you, thing, this is the kind of stuff you're going to have to think about when you. Yeah. When you oh, I'll be thinking right. about yeah. it soon. Yeah. Trust yeah. me. All right. Yeah. So, so you had a question about I Dream of Genie. I wanted to remind you about it because <laughs> Thank you. Um, I don't want to ask it. I don't want anything to do with this question. I mean, how much of I Dream of Genie was realistic? Oh, I think all of it. Yeah, I yeah. think it's been been proven that all Jim's of it. Jim's really yeah. agreeable, so yeah, he's letting absolutely. you get away with this stuff. Absolutely. What are you, what are you asking? He's you're not asking about the genie in the bottle thing. He has a degree in aero space dynamic. Uh, neurostibular. <laughs> I yeah, he has think a whole it was aeronautical degree. engineering or something yeah, like that. Something like that, I which like is that, why though, he would know. That's exactly why he would know, and you would not know, Adam. <laughs> which is that I dream of genie was entirely realistic. Yeah. Even the part well, with the genie in the bottle. I don't mean the genie part. I mean because they well, were there, a- were, there were Air Force officers. There were rockets. There was a state called Florida. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there that was absolutely real. And there was a lot of times where they had stuff they had to do and then it turned out they didn't do it and they got in trouble yeah absolutely yeah. does that happen that happens too yeah, yeah. exactly it's very yeah. realistic very realistic um <laughs> what made you want to be an astronaut had you seen something yeah i mean for me I, i'm i was born in 64 mm-hmm. and so the first moon land was in 69 and right. so i have this vivid memory of my father taking me out to the backyard and looking at the moon when there are people actually walking on it oh my god yeah my dad told me yeah there's people walking up there right now and that was that kind of got me started. I grew up across from a small airport, so I'd watch the airplanes take off and, right. and land. Where where's that? Burlington, Iowa, small small oh, town in the southeast wow. corner of Iowa, right in the Mississippi River. Uh-huh. So I grew up across from the airport, and so those two things kind of got me to love a flying. Then I started reading science fiction and things like that. Right, and, uh-huh. and, and then Adam reads a lot of science fiction comic books. No, I read science fiction novels, Paul. No. I would bet that me and Jim have read that, hundreds. What do you of the call it? Novels. Graphic novels is the comic. <laughs> no, books. I've read a few gra- graphic novels, but yeah. mostly novel novels. Yeah. No, he. Why do you think I'm a comic he, book he guy? Fi- he, it's helpful for him to have the text supported um, by the artwork. Pictures are good. I'm a pilot, so pictures are good. Yeah. See? I, but, I deal but in pictures. But that's not even true of me. Is there, as a pilot, do you use a checklist? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. For almost everything we do, you use a yeah. checklist. Well, you'd be good at that. You, you make a lot of lists. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. lists are great. Yep. Because uh, uh, there's so many critical things you just don't want to forget. Do you do cross-check? Uh, you mean cross-checking each other? Absolutely. No, there's a, on a the, commercial the flight, no. they go, you know, uh, <laughs> cross-check. We're going to do cross-check. Flight attendants, please prepare for cross check. Yeah, they should yeah, no, not, what I've that never is? used that term in the military. I've never even known what it was. I'm not sure exactly basically. what it is. Yeah, I've never really known what it was. I just know they do it. Yeah. I think I even asked a flight attendant one time, and I forgot they what her answer didn't was. They probably didn't know. Yeah. yeah. No, she didn't know. Cross she knew check. all about the I Dream of Genie, though. And then what do you do when you're in space? Once you're up and you're finished with the takeoff and you're up there. What do you do up there? 
Well, look out the window as much as we can. Yeah, um, is a great yeah. answer because yeah. it's just gorgeous back yeah. down here on Earth. But we every mission has uh, what their their accomplishments need to be for that mission. Like my two missions were we were actually in the process of building the International Space Station. Uh-huh. So I actually my primary job once I got out of the front cockpit was to do a robotics operation. So I, I flew the robot arm both in the shuttle and the International Space Station. There's a robot arm on each. It's built by Canada. You flew the robot arm. Yeah. You, you transported it to the position where it would become the robot arm that was the. No, it was already out. There was we oh. call it flying the robot arm because. It's a lot like a piloting skill. You take it and you fly it. You grab stuff with it. Oh, and so move you, stuff you around use that robot arm. So use that it's robot like arm. Yeah. the oh, um, it's like the hook thing in an arcade. Yeah, and you go grab the toy. Yeah, that's exactly it. So yeah. I pull out the big toys and take those toys somewhere else. Wow. And so do you something with them. must have so many stuffed yeah. animals. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's how we practice. Yeah. 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 As a science fiction fan, because you brought that up. Yeah. yeah. What it's movies get space right? Fiction I'm fan. not a comic book science fiction. Fan. Yeah, the movies that get space. I mean, the the movies I think get space probably the most correct are. Apollo 13 is very realistic and sure. everything in there. I haven't it's, seen it. It's up. very well, yeah, it's, it's very well based. I gotta well see based. it before my trip. Yeah, and the yeah. Martian, the ideas in the Martian and the science in the Martian is very, very... Oh, really? Yeah, very, very accurate. Yeah. yeah. The and then, of course, the Armageddon. Armageddon oh, could completely well, that's, that's more or less a documentary. Totally happening. That's a documentary, pretty yeah, much. I didn't yeah. See. Yeah. Um, the thing about the Martian that always bothered me was, well, A, the ending is weird, but B, uh, so he's, he's standing in front of a mirror at one point, Matt Damon is, and he's looking at himself in the mirror. He's really, you know, run down. He's been there for like a year by himself. Uh, his teeth are all messed up, right? Uh, he really looks horrible. He's eating poop potatoes. And now yeah. he's on his way. Now he's on his way to, you know, he gets rescued and he's about to dock with the commander. And he opens his mouth to do that, you know, gorgeous Matt Damon smile. His teeth are all shiny and bright. Like, yeah, what that the happen? hell happened? <laughs> yes. That's what you wanted to bring up to an astronaut when discussing the Martian. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just thought, do, you know, do, do your teeth get clean when you go through space? You can't massage this into a question. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even try. Yeah. So as opposed to standing on yeah. Mars where you might have it's kind the, of grody teeth. Yeah. But then when you go through space, uh, there's a, like a grit in there. It's that, the cosmic rays. That yeah, really, they whiten your it teeth. It's, yeah. it's I wonderful. See, I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. Cosmic rays create the fantastic <laughs> four. Everybody knows that. True. <gasps> Did I say a comic book thing? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I'm not um, surprised. So, but but the way that Matt Damon rescues himself in the Martian, that's really impractical, right? The, yeah, some the, of it. I'm yeah. just gonna like open the window yeah. and that's gonna propel me into yeah. the orbit. Yeah. Some parts of it are fantastical, but it is true. How in about every gravity? Movie, but... People say that gravity is a pretty good space. Movie. Yeah, gravity is it's it's a great space mover from from the way they set it up. But I mean, almost none of the science in there is actually right. Like. It, you have to orbit in the same orbital plane to get from one to another, and like the Chinese space station is different than the International Space Station. There's a lot of stuff, but but it's a great movie nonetheless. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah, and, so yeah but also Sandra Bullock, um, yeah. would just never be in space. Why not? Teeth. Yeah, and she doesn't, She's have, too the vain for the teeth she doesn't have the kind of training that I she have. She wasn't in Mrs. Cumley's third grade class. Mrs. Cumley's class. Ms. I remember, yeah. you know, I met her one time, and I said to her, you know, does does the moon have its own light? And she said, yeah. Oh, well, that's why she shouldn't really be yeah, exactly. crossed off the list. She yeah. had okay. not done Miss yeah. Coonley's uh, and on training. That note, <laughs> thank you, Jim, for giving us a test ride as an astronaut. Paula, what have you learned about being a NASA astronaut, and could you do that job? Rachel Van Emberg, could I have some background music for my, my summary of what it takes to be an astronaut? I think I could be an astronaut because I am an expert on checklist use. My list just to get here tonight was one, sift litter boxes, two, pack Doritos, pack Butterfingers, pack Oreos, pack Hawaiian chips, pack three Musketeers, three, sift litter boxes, four, 
Memorize definition of peroration. Five, sift litter boxes. My list to become an astronaut is earn PhD in science, review flashlight wiffle ball experiment, watch I Dream of Genie, pack Butterfingers, pack Oreos, pack Hawaiian chips, pack three musketeers, shut door, sift litter box, countdown, repeat three, two, one. It's a peroration. So, Paula. Where are you going to be appearing next? On June 21st, you can find me in Medford, Massachusetts at the Chevalier Theater. And on July 18th, I'll be in Agunquit, Maine at Jonathan's. You can find all my tour dates at paulapoundstone.com. It's there now. Also, Jim Kelly is a NASA astronaut and has piloted two space shuttle missions. Jim, thank you so much for coming by to our show. Thanks, Jim. Woohoo! Now, do you know what your dog's DNA is? How about your cats? We're going to explore feline slash canine genetics and also share more of your descriptions of this very podcast. That's coming up right after this. The Cat of the Week is Gordo from Washington, D.C. Thank you, house band Rachel Van Amberg. That was lovely. That now, was lovely. Paula... Right before Jim Kelly, our astronaut, left, um, he we we had we had an informal chat with him about more space stuff. Yeah, and I thought two one of the things I asked were really him, important. One of the things I asked him was, when I go into space with him as his assistant, will I be able to um, successfully do balloon animals? Right, and, and he I took a look at some of the balloon animals that I have on display here. Yeah, he did, and he said these are fantastic. Yeah, that's not. And he something said that happened. Uh, these would really enhance. Uh, he you know, said it's fun to look out the window on the space shuttle in the space station, but uh, if you were to have these balloon animals, people would not be able to take their eyes off them. Yeah, I don't That's think what he said. I didn't hear any of that. Yeah, um, well, and we you don't point the fact here you make balloon animals yet. I do. You do make you do tie balloons and twist them now. So yeah, you're getting exactly. better. Yeah. Um, but he did say that um, when you're in space, your head gets bigger. Because um, gravity isn't pulling all the fluids in your body down to your feet. Right. Which made me realize that instead of compression socks, like our doctor, Levine, recommended that you and I wear for our feet. Yeah. He said everyone should wear compression socks. Everyone should wear compression socks. He didn't single us out. Because it forces the blood back up into your your body where it's needed. Yeah. Um, Instead of compression socks, we could just go to space. I'm going to space. I'm totally telling you, what was the project in 2022? They're, oh, they're going to put an, an orbiter around, like a small version of the International Space Station around the moon that yeah, will get bigger is, over which time. Which is an idea that I pitched to them. It is. It is. Yeah, and so I am going All on right, that. 2022, got, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be something If you need anything from me, get it before 2022. Right. Because I'm going to be busy. Very busy. You'll still be doing the podcast. Oh, yeah. I'll just yeah. have to do it from there. From, an, from low moon orbit. Yeah, low okay. moon orbit. Yeah. Oh, my so, gosh. So, Paula, we often get asked to describe this podcast, right? Yes, many and times. It's not easy to do. No, I have a hard time describing. Like at my shows and stuff, I'll say, oh, you know, you can listen to, nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. And then I go, you know, it's a, it's a podcast. I go, it's, you know, it's funny. Um, and yeah, it's a uh, terrible you know, we, description. We have some information, and you know Adam yeah. Felber's on every show. Yeah, yeah I don't and even need And then I just of sort of, uh, yeah, and I can yeah. feel the crowd like, you know, start not, to pity you. Well, you don't get the sense that they're anxious to go. You you're, know, you're not putting our it. best foot forward. I don't seem on. to be, and so well, I've we got help from our listeners. They've come through for us. We've received a bunch of great 
descriptions oh, of our, our podcast on our Facebook page. Yeah. And I'll start out with uh, Scott Franciscus's pithy definition of nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. He really took the note and gave us a nice brief one. Mm-hmm. A weekly clusterfuck for the soul. Oh, man. I love That's that, Scott. That's great, Scott. Oh, my it's, gosh. It's, just, it's, it's so it's so. That really nails it. Yeah, it really does. A weekly clusterfuck for the soul. I feel like there should be a book called that. Oh, my. Well, there will be. Yeah. There will be yeah, now. It's chicken. Yeah. We've got more. You want to read uh, the Yeah, Skip Horvath wrote, when someone asked Paula what her podcast is about, she should say, Adam Felber asks questions of our expert guests, and I answer for them. They often don't have to say a word. (laughs) You know what's great about that? That's insightful on Scott's part. That really tells the entire story of our podcast. Uh, Well, I don't think that's exactly true. Most of the story of our podcast. Yeah, I've... Well, There's it also just a so bit about you pretending to be able to make balloon animals. I don't pretend to make balloon but animals. That's a great one you've been working over there. Well, it seems to have happened, lost its air. It happens to have had a hole in it, yeah. and that's a, a problem. So, yeah, so now uh, it's a worm. It's yeah, a balloon instead worm. I've made a, instead I've made a duck's tongue. Okay. Um, well, Ben Lindahl wrote, and here's his succinct, though not as succinct description. It's a meandering stroll through the comedy countryside. Look out, a goat. That's, a, Ben's really giving it. Yeah. That's very accurate. I got to say, I, very th- th- that last detail made me laugh, yeah. and it's the part that you should leave out when you say it from the stage. Look out, a goat! Yeah, that's not going to help. It's no, scare I think people. it is. But a meandering stroll through the comedy countryside is fantastic. On the other hand, David Reed has this definition. I see you're inflating a new balloon. Yeah, this one has a hole in it, too. It's as if the Marx Brothers, it's as if the Marx Brothers hosted All Things Considered and Adam Felber's Zeppo on every show. Wow. That turned super hurtful there. That's, <laughs> you know, Zeppo, it's, it's, the popular Marx yeah, Brothers. I know, I know who Zeppo is. Yeah. I, I've seen many yeah. a Marx Brothers movie. Yeah. Um, he, he, interestingly, Zeppo's not in every Marx Brothers movie. That's the only difference between you and Zeppo. That's not the only <laughs> difference between, God damn yeah. uh, uh, All right. Okay, ouch. And finally, John Plemons offers this, quote, Nobody listens to Paula Poundstone is like a well-hit tee shot in a tile bathroom. Wow, that that's got depth evocative. to it. That's, yeah. It's layered. You tee off. You could kill yourself teeing off in a tiled bathroom, by the way. What, what do you, what do you, how many? That's the. That's, uh, a, that's what a great sound effect that is. That's the pump. That's the yeah, uh, balloon the, pump. Yes, we Not the breast week. pump, so people don't think I'm you know, you no, know that's before lactating. The show. No. Um, but uh, that's the balloon uh, pump, because yeah. I am making. If you don't get enough extraneous noise from Bonnie, Captain Crinkle, Burns, you also get Paula Poundstone using that stupid little balloon inflator every week. <laughs> Thank you, Zeppo. Oh! <laughs> ouch. Well, um, Paula, now now yeah. we've got all these definitions in front of us. Yeah, these are all really They're good, all you guys. They're all really good. Thank but, you but so much. But only one uh, listener this week can win our prize, which, as as everybody knows, is a autographed Paula Poundstone bar of... Hotel soap. It's a fresh bar of hotel soap that I have autographed. Freshly purloined from a hotel. Purloined is not correct. I'm not stealing it. It's given to me by the hotel. And you take it. And yes. I take it. Yes. I, re- I will receive. I will receive. Um, yeah, I'm. You know it's what? It's not purchased from them. Uh, it is purchased in the price of the room. <laughs> um, it's part of the whole deal. Yeah. Um, boy, they're so good. They're all really, really good. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones um, here. I guess I like, you know, only because I have memory problems. I think the one that I will be most able to use is. Uh, Scott uh, Franciscus's? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, a weekly clusterfuck for the soul. Yeah. Um, but while I'm saying it, I'm going to be thinking in my head and heart Adam Felber Zeppo on every show. Oh. <laughs> 
Wow, that was devastating. <laughs> uh, but uh, putting that aside and my fractured ego aside, Scott Franciscus, you are our winner. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Thank you. That was countdown music. Yeah, it sure was. Yeah. Now remember, you can send your definition to nobody listens to Paula Poundstone at gmail.com, or you can just go visit us on Facebook at nobody listens to Paula Poundstone. You know, Paula, last week we were talking about Pod Pup. Oh, yeah, the Pod Puppy. Pod Puppy, Mo. She was here, and uh, you said she was a Golden Retriever Newfoundland mix. Yeah. But you said you weren't sure if she was a Newfoundland mix. And it's it, kind of important to know, isn't it? I, well, I don't know if it's important to know. Well, when, if there's a Newfoundland possibly involved, it's definitely important to know. Why it, is that? We think I'll have to move to another house? You might have to move to no another house. No one else would take us. <clears throat> I, all right. We're, but we're, we're lucky to be able to, to rent where we are now. You the, might have to take the out a mold-infested... <laughs> Uh, Termite-infested, termite. beehive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. lucky to be there. Right, but you might have to build on another wing if it's a Newfoundland. We yeah. were talking about how it might be useful to know, and then we were joking about how there should be a 23andMe for dogs. Yeah. There is. Oh, boy. Yep, we Thank found out goodness. a little research from Tony Anita yeah. Hull, yeah. Dr. Tony Anita Hull, uh, found out that Wisdom Panel is the world's leading DNA test for dogs, which means there Boy, must be other followers. Boy, they're out of two or three other companies, yeah. for sure. And they include 350 breeds, types, and varieties. Their report will include, like, the percentage breakdown of breeds and breed groups found in your dog, family tree, predicted weight profile, that kind of thing. Predicted weight? Yeah, I think so, the, yeah. So the predicted weight? I think so. Or, well, I think it's size. directly uh, in relationship to how much food you give it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a very good one. And also, um, yeah, Bonnie I'm Burns would like this because it will tell you what color life. your dog is. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Remember, uh, uh, Captain Crinkle, Bonnie Burns was saying that when her daughter did her uh, DNA thing with like twenty three and Me, it was uncanny. What, what they were amazed by the jaw dropping detail is that it said she had brown hair. Yeah. And uh, we know? pointed out to Bonnie that she could possibly have known that by looking at her daughter. Right. But she was not prepared to go that extra mile. Yeah, but they she have a policy. Was like, I can't in their look house. at you just spit in this tube. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I'd rather I'd rather research through DNA yeah, your, hair your hair color, color. than actually see now, it with my eyes. It's even easier. A dog your dog does not have to fill up a tube. Or a no, cup. What, how do you do with the you dog? Swab the inside of your dog's cheek and mail. Oh, in my the dog test. loves that. Your dog likes this. So often she comes and puts her head on my knee, and you can tell she's hoping I swap the inside of her cheek. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's somewhat useful like for dogs because there's so many dog breeds out there. I think it's zero like, use. Okay, I'm going to have to agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, we mean, found- I think it's mildly interesting, I suppose, because people always say to me, what kind of dog is it? But, I, but in terms of useful, I don't even think 23andMe is useful for human beings. And then there's dogs. And we found something even less useful. DNA testing for cats. Oh, boy. Thank yeah. goodness. Yeah, it's true. It yeah. exists. Yeah. What was great, well, I did my I did my cat Gem's DNA, and we were able to find cousins. So that really was so well, that's, That must have been such a great moment. Yeah, I hope you her. filmed that moment yeah. of the reunion. She was so happy. To find a cousin. To find cousins. Yeah. Yeah. I remember as soon as they saw each other, they just went... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's really meaningful. You can, but you can really do this now. There are people that are doing it. Um, the buccal swab collection is what they do. They What's swab it called? Inner, buccal. Buccal. What does they, that mean? It's B U C C A L. Never heard the word. There are two ways to buccal. do it. Buccal. I don't yeah, like swab it. Swab the inside of the cheek and gums of your cat's mouth. Um, however, it turns out that unlike dogs, the cat's mouths are kind of full of so much bacteria that you might be getting, you know. 
false results on your DNA yeah. test. So, yeah. So you say, well, you know, you, my cat is um, part Persian and part, part Siamese. And I don't know what's a good bacteria. Uh, uh, part Ebola. Part Ebola. Yeah. That's a virus. Yeah. But yeah, my we'll, we'll take per- it. Persian Siamese part, part and Ebola. Part streptococcus. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, you know what, there is a, there's got to be a genetic uh, relationship between this. My cat Severus loves to go into like a hallway or a, you know, an echoey section of the house okay. and yowl. And yeah. my cats are not really big meowers. No, they're not. In general. Your, but your house is loves, remarkably quiet for a house containing 14 cats. Uh, yeah, yeah he, but he loves to go hear himself. Like, it, it strikes me that it's, that there's a little something kind of country western about it when he does it. So you, you know think I mean? that there's like, like, like a country western singer in his DNA? Yeah, I do. I do think that. I part think country he's western part, singer. I think he's part. Um, there, Engl- uh, there's some Hank Williams in there. I, I was thinking Glenn Campbell, but it could just as well be Hank Williams. Yeah. Well, which one of them do you think fucked the cat? Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to go with Hank Williams. All right. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, you know, it was the heroin. I think that yeah, made that seem like an appealing idea. <laughs> well, because the cat's mouths are so t- toxic. There's another company called Baseball. Yeah, Base that's Paws. a terrible thought. I didn't know that. The cat's mouths were yeah, very dog, bacteria apparently, Yeah, apparently cats can keep a lot of bacteria in there. So I didn't know that. And you know, I let you my sterile... cats eat with me sometimes. Yeah, you should. Yeah, maybe yeah. that's not a good idea. Yeah. Although maybe it's toughened me up. It could have. It could have, yeah. like, uh, yeah, yeah, enhanced your immune system. Yeah, exactly. So this other company gives you a piece of sterile adhesive tape that you stick to your cat's fur and then peel it off like you're giving it some kind of Brazilian oh, wax. Oh, they're going to yeah. love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they go in the hallway and howl. Yeah. Yeah, then they yeah. do their Hank Williams so, impression. Except they have a right to howl then. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a, a terrible thing. Yeah, but apparently it works. It works better because their fur is less bacterial infested than their... Uh... Ah. So, all right, so they, so they so you take you pull their hair out. All this to find out what, what kind, kind of, of cat breed, they are. What kind yeah. of cat they are. Yeah, well, it used to be a long-haired cat till you pulled its fur now out. Now you've got a short-haired cat. <laughs> yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Paula, uh, swapping your cat's mouth or peeling off its fur like you're uh, giving them Brazilian wax might sound like the maximum amount of fun you could have with a cat, but even more fun are the Maximum Fun podcasts. Is that possible? It's true. More fun than tearing out your cat's hair. Is a Maximum Fun podcast. Wow. I don't think they're going to be using that as their slogan anytime yeah, soon. Yeah. It's, it's, gonna it's go not a, a high bar. It's not a high. Yeah, I bet, I bet anybody could top that. But. More fun than an appendectomy. <laughs> maximum Fun podcast. We'll be back right after this. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the match game. Our contestants, Aneke and James, from the hit podcast, Minority Corner. Hey. I'll ask you questions in a rapid-fire round. Favorite character on a Shonda Rhimes show? Olivia Pope. Ooh, I said Olivia Pope's wig. Mm. Oh, so close. How do you feel about Disney? They need to pay reparations to black people because Mickey Mouse was based off of blackface. I said get rid of the racist rides, Jungle Cruise, Splash Mountain. Mm. Who are you voting for in the primary? It's too damn early. I'm just getting to know these fools. Mm. Ooh, no dice. What celebrity do you side-eye the most. Kevin Hart, can we get a real apology for your homophobia? Justin Timberlake. Nipple game. Favorite superhero movie? Black, Black Panther. Panther. Wakanda, Wakanda forever. forever. Congratulations. But you still live. Now I'm side eye you. you. Catch Eneke and James, the Wonder Twins of Podcast, on Minority Corner every Friday at Maximum Fun. Welcome, everyone, to the live wrestling spectacular in Los Angeles. So far, the world's most boring wrestling podcast has been destroying the competition. Isn't there anyone who can save us from this travesty? Wait, could 
Could it be? It's Tights and Fights, the perfect wrestling podcast. Tights and Fights is here to save us from the monotony of boring wrestling podcasts with hilarious conversations. Woke trips through the history of wrestling. And joke about the finer points of people wearing spandex. What a match! And the Tights and Fights podcast will be back every week. Thursdays on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Please, these hosts have families. Tights and Fights podcast. Tights and Fights. Oh, Rachel Van Amberg, those tones. They're so beautiful. Welcome back, all you nobodies out there listening. This is is your friendly reminder to like us on Facebook at Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, where you can uh, find behind-the-scenes videos and pictures. I wonder what it's like on that show! Yeah. Uh, You can participate in some very serious research polls. Ah. And we just might read uh, one of your posts on the air. As we just did. As we just did. And I have to say, Tony Anita Hull, Dr. Tony Anita Hull, Professor Tony Anita Hull, has been doctoring up that Facebook page. It is entertaining. It's a riot. And the comments from listeners are great. She does a fine job. Yeah. You know, Adam. Yes? As you know, Uh as much as we love making this podcast, and we do, that alone is not enough. That is true. People have to listen to it, too. This is true. The only way we can continue to make Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is to increase our listenership. This is a growth-oriented industry. Exactly. And the best way to do that is for our current listeners to spread the word. But often, Adam, listeners aren't sure how to talk to their friends and loved ones about the fact that they are nobodies. So I have written some simple Simple, sample sample dialogue dialogue that listeners can use. Yeah, now I want to say... yeah. In the past, that you you know you've made you've made it kind of you've made absurd simple sample dialogues. No, and I've objected. Never, never, okay. never absurd. Agreed have our disagree. numbers continued to grow? They have. Thank you, Paula. Okay, uh, but I want to say that like last week, I feel like you turned. I've rescued a- at least four people from wells. Yes. Yeah, I don't even want to go back to that well <laughs> thing because that one, that one hurt me inside. Um, but. Um, Last week, I feel like you turned a corner because you gave us a simple sample dialogue. Yeah. Somebody was running for president on the Democratic ticket and somebody right. else was saying, how did you get that? Exactly. Motivation? And I felt like at least that's a conceivable scenario. Yes. Because we have so many candidates for president. There's two dozen now. There's two There's dozen. like two dozen One now. of them might have had that dialogue and that might have been some interesting simple sample dialogue to pass on. Well, so. precisely. And this is not what's increasing yeah. our listenership. Well, you, you've sold me. So let's hear this week's simple sample dialogue. Well, this week is going to continue along that On that same, trend. That trend yes, of that plausible same, dialogue. Exactly. Okay. So listeners, try this. Listeners, friend. Oh my gosh, when did you start a food truck with a full menu of edible insects? Oh, Jesus Christ. Listener, here, have a fried dung beetle. Listener's friend, yum, you know it tastes better than it sounds. Listener, I just have to finish chewing this bite of warm mealworms. Here, this dipping sauce is for the stink bugs. Listener's friend, these are really filling. I thought your steak and burger restaurant called What's Your Beef that featured a waitstaff of all therapists who listened to the customer's problems was going gangbusters. <laughs> Listener, it was. Try this locust. 
This is a is hate that crime. the best? Here's what happened. I've been meaning to tell you for a while that I listen to Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone, the podcast. It's a comedy field guide to life. They had a professor on to explain the Green New Deal, and now I understand that we have to entirely change to an environmentally sustainable lifestyle by 2030 or the earth is toast, and eating insects is part of doing that. Listener's friend, yes, but you're using a truck. Listener, it's a solar-powered truck, and it's gluten-free. Listener's friend, wow, what an impactful podcast. Listener, yes, and it's really funny. Don't move, there's a mosquito on the back of your arm. Got room for dessert? (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, to say that you do, backslid you, this week you, is no. an understatement. Yeah, it, it, I feel like I just sat through the end of the final, the final chapter of Flowers for Algernon here. Because no. you, you're right back in a tank of dialogue that uh, can't happen. I, no, I can still get through the maze. I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, See, this is going to develop. You know, it's one listener at a time. But there's zero listeners who run a truck like this. That's not true. It is. That is not true. If you're a listener and you run a truck like this, please send us an email at nobodylistenstopaulapoundstone at gmail.com or visit us at Facebook at nobodylistenstopaulapoundstone. And please include a photo of your bug food truck. Yeah. You know what? We need to. I'll tell you what. Um, I'm going to make right now for you yes. a balloon animal okay. of a tasty grasshopper treat. You know, the school that your nephew and my son went to at one point okay. had uh, some sort of Earth Day celebration. Sure. And there was there a commercial food truck of right. edible insects. Don't you remember that day? No, I wasn't there. Oh. I don't think that it was true, though. It is true. Of course it's true. Why would I make up a thing? Because like you that? always make up things. <laughs> I don't make That's up, why I I don't would make think up that. anything. You Look at this grasshopper. That's not a grasshopper. That's a balloon <laughs> folded over three ways, and if you let go of it, it's going to fall apart in a regular balloon. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. That right. is good stuff. Um, God. Okay. Anyways, you can find me and Adam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That's right. And that's our show. Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone is hosted by Paula Poundstone and yours truly, Adam DeFelber. Produced by Paula Poundstone, Adam Felber, Bonnie Burns, stop waggling that thing in my face, Ken Lazebnik, <laughs> and Tony Anita Hall. So help me, Paula. <laughs> Technical direction by Ray Horseman and mixing by Anthony Alfaro. Special thanks to tonight's house band, Rachel Van Anberg. And thanks again to our guest, NASA astronaut Jim Kelly. Can you believe that? He was yeah, here. That was amazing. Our head of security is Jonah Knuckles Glickman. Transcription services for this show provided by Transcribe Me. For your special Paula Poundstone discount, use code Paula Poundstone when placing your order at transcribeme.com. You know what? You've got a little dung beetle stuck in your teeth. I don't. That's our show for tonight. Won't somebody please listen to me? <laughs> Something else. Yeah. Bug tr- you've edible got, bug. You've got a little truck. bit of mealworm there in your I, beard. I don't eat bugs. Yeah. <laughs> you've got a giant ant yeah. with uh, powdered sugar on your collar. Oh, that's that's my pet ant who has a sweet tooth. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.